Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. So good to have these singers just join me impromptu you and before the first service they hadn't even heard those songs or that, that one in particular. So take me back, back to the beginning. I was young, running through the... Except I probably wasn't running, I was riding my bike. And, uh, and then Desma wrecked that song. I mean, she says, remember when we used to run full stop, you know. Mm. It's good to have you here, Desma. I don't need to show the picture of you because you're here in the front row with us today. But here you are. <laughs> so awesome. And our family, our uh, five children and six grandchildren. And the family grows daily. And uh, I don't know whether I've shown you these pictures or not, but we have, it's time to update them, isn't it, to get all the, the extra kids in. And uh, I always speak about uh, Jordan and Paul who live in, in uh, where do they live in? Norway. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jordan met Paula and uh, they, uh, they got married and now live there but Paula's parents are Polish so Paula speaks Polish so does her parents and little Levi doesn't always know what to speak so he ends up speaking a bit of English, a bit of Norwegian because all the kids at church speak Norwegian and Polish in the one sentence. So I think we've got audio and we can show you Levi learning to preach. Good preaching, hey, Bob. It's so awesome. I love having grandchildren. I just want to honor my parents, David and Norma Ironside, that are here today. Thank you, David. Thank you, Norma. Thank you, Mum and Dad. Nana and Pop. And so, of course, you have four children. How many grandchildren? Twelve grandchildren. And six great-grandchildren. Well done. And I thank God for the godly heritage. It's a, a, really, it's a really awesome thing. And, and we're here celebrating the marriage yesterday of Matthew and Rachel. And, and I, like you said, Peter, it's such a significant marriage. I really believe. And only history will tell the significance of that and... Martin Grace, just I honor you as my brother, Pastor Mark and Grace Ironside. Awesome brother, elder brother to have. And, and uh, you should be preaching today. We should be listening to you. Uh, and of course, some of your family is here today as well. Um, but I was there when Matthew met Rachel. I was there. Uh, so people are blaming me for the, for the relationship, but actually, it was Pastor... Ross and Mary Lynn that asked if she could come on tour and uh, of course she joined the last two weeks of our tour and, and Matthew and the other boys we've been ministering for about four weeks and then Rachel flew into uh, Kansas City, Missouri, we're ministering that night in Kansas City on a Saturday night, she flew straight in from Australia, got off the plane and walked to the platform and began to sing with the band, we had a mic set up for it, we knew she was coming and the very first note came out and she sounded like an angel and I watched Matthew, his jaw dropped to the ground. He didn't play another note correct the whole night. <laughs> Nothing else mattered. It was just, he was, he was beside himself. And so were the other guys in the band actually, but Matthew won. <laughs> he won. 
so proud of him and uh, so proud. And I love, Grace, what you said last night uh, about Rachel, such lovely words about her and her uh, caring for your family and praying with the family and just such an awesome thing. Mark, did you want to say anything this morning? Say hello to the people? No? Okay. I won't, won't make you. So take me back, back to the beginning when I was young. And I keep it run. Running through the fields with you. We used to go big rides on the bikes, remember that? That was just awesome times down in Nambour. This morning I want to preach here from Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Don't you agree? And uh, I want to bring a challenging word to you this morning. And it's, let me tell you, it's challenging me to the core every much every bit as much as it might challenge you. I want to speak about godly conversations. Turn to the person and you say, he's talking about godly conversations. <laughs> That's it. So if you've got a pen, write fast. If you've got a phone, take pictures. I've got seven things I want to try and get through here this morning if we can. Number one, let's have conversations that build up. Let's go back to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. Ephesians 4, 29, the King James Version says, Let no corrupt word, or one translation says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, everyone say good, for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Can I ask us, let's become more mindful of our conversations. There's so much power in the words that God's given us in the life that's God given us, that, that He's given us, let's bring conversations that build people up. The, the NIV version of that says it this way, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Everyone say, their needs. Wow, that's a bit of revelation, isn't it? So conversation is not just about my needs, it's about speaking things that will help their needs, bring words of life to them, that, they, that it may benefit those who listen. Number two, we're moving quickly here, conversations that produce life. Come on, you know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. It says it in Proverbs 18 verse 20, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from, one, from the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Then the very next verse says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it eat its fruit. And then the very next verse after that says, And he who finds a wife finds a good thing and contains favor from the Lord, obtains favor from the Lord. Isn't that interesting this morning how in one verse it's talking about what we're eating, the next verse is what's coming out of our mouth, and the next verse is our lifelong partner. Wow. So I don't know about you, but God's talking to me. Men? Are you here today? James chapter 3 verse 9. With the tongue we praise the Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Do you realize that every time we speak against another brother or sister, we speak against God? Every time we have a, a negative word to say about someone else, we're actually pulling down the kingdom of God. Let's not break down the kingdom of God that he is building. Let's not pull down the church that he is establishing. It goes on to say, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. 
Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives? We know it can't. And from a grapevine, can it bear figs? No. Neither can salt spring can neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Number three. Every word counts. We're talking about godly conversations this morning. Every word counts. The tone of that word counts. Matthew twelve thirty seven, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. See, this is the word of God. I'm just reminding you. You know what it says. I'm just reminding you again today. Matthew twelve. 37 again in the message translation puts it this way for you have minds like a snake pit how do you suppose that what you're saying is worth anything when you are so foul mouthed it's your heart look at this it's your heart not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words so what's in your heart you see if we want to submit our lives to the grace of God and the mercy of God and change what's coming out of our mouth, we're going to change what's in our hearts. Because the Bible clearly says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, uh, what you feed your natural body comes out of you. You, you'll, if you have too much magnesium, it will come out of you. If you have too much vitamin C, it will definitely come out of you. You know what I'm talking about. We, yesterday at the wedding, we had, we had awesome damper. What was, what was that called again? Fancy, fancy damper. Okay. It was, it was nice. I tried them all twice. And I got a lovely reminder from my wife that that wasn't good for my body because what goes in will come out. And uh, it shows up, doesn't it? It shows up. If we want to change what's coming out of our mouth, let's feed our spirits on the Word of God. Let's feed, our, let's feed our spirits on the love and the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God because that's what will come out of us in our conversation. It's very quiet in this church this morning. Yeah. Uh, a good, a, I know you're listening. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person, a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back and haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Every word counts. Let's bring life. Let's choose life. Come on. We're made in the image of God. He spoke the world into existence by His words. He created you in His image. You know what? He's given you creative ability. I've heard it said that our bodies are made up of 70% water, 74% water. If you're properly hydrated, your body is 74. That's a majority of your body is water. And every cell in your body listens to the words you speak. There is life in your mouth. There is healing in your mouth by His stripes. Come on, if you're struggling with sickness in your body, make it your confession constantly. By His stripes, I was healed. Thank you, Lord, for your healing in my body. It's working right now. It's flowing through every cell. And I speak to every cell in my body. Respond to the name of Jesus. Respond to the Word of God. It's listening. You know, they've done scientific tests on water where they watch water vibrate by playing a different music and speaking to it. Your, your body's listening to what you're saying out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks number four 
truthful conversations. Ouch. You mean we're not allowed to lie? Well, let's just look at the Word of God. Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of the one body. Colossians 3 verse 8 says, But now you must also rid yourselves of all things such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Wow. Let's just be truthful. How many times we, we tell little lies and think, oh, it's just a little one? God, you know, it's... it's no, let's be truthful. If you're, if you're running late, don't make up a false excuse. Just say, I was late. I'm sorry. Apologize. Take responsibility. Let the person know, I'll endeavor not to, I'll endeavor not to do that again. Are you here today? Come on, let's, let's be the church who live out the Word of God, not in our own strength, but by His grace, by His mercy today. Let's, let's speak the truth, but with lots of love. Uh-huh. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Matthew 5, 37. All you need is to simply say yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. One translation says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. When you say no, that means no. When you say yes, make sure you follow through with what you say. Number five, are you still with me? Number five, we're moving so quickly this morning. Speak God's word. We're talking about godly conversations. Let the, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing other in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. One translation says the very oracles of God. At home, at work, at school, wherever you are, in the street, in a shopping center, for cars that cut you off in traffic, speak the very oracles of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of God provides. Come on. You don't have to do it in your own strength, people. He's given you strength to do this. So that all things, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. I say this this morning. God, help us that every word that would come out of our mouth would bring glory to your name, would bring life to our bodies, would bring life and health to those around about us, would be full of truth, full of love, full of compassion. Exodus chapter 4, 12. Now go and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You ever feel like sometimes you don't know what to say? So it's better to say nothing. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is in you. The power, the presence of God is in you. He will teach you what to say. Now I'm coming to the most important point of the sermon. Is this. Learn to have crucial conversations so earlier this year i uh, read a book called crucial conversations tools for talking when when the stakes are high and i want to say it's uh it's got four authors 20 years of research christian authors by the way 20 years of research you think about this for one moment for four authors to collaborate on one book over 20 years, it's taken some crucial conversations to even release and publish that book. Would you agree? 
and I think we have something to learn uh, that, well, I have something to learn, so I'm just going to put you in my basket with me. Is that okay? Are we all right? This is pretty tough because uh, I've got my family in the front row. <laughs> and, uh, and Desma, you know this. We've talked, we had this discussion. I, I read the book and I started to, by the grace of God, live out the truth in this book that's based on the Word of God to actually help me be better with crucial conversations. So what is a crucial conversation? Thank you for asking that question this morning. So I want to answer that here. It's a casual interaction that we all have daily, but that can actually turn crucial. You can be having just a casual conversation, and the next minute it's like, whoa. Okay, so what is that? It's a conversation where opinions vary. An argument. It's a conversation where stakes are high. It's a conversation where emotions run high. It's a conversation that is, that is so important, the outcome affects the quality of your life. Now, chances are, before this day is finished, you might have another crucial conversation upon you. Definitely by the end of next week, you'll have another crucial conversation. And I, I say, by the grace of God, let's learn to do this better. <laughs> when it matters most, we seem to be at our worst when it comes to crucial conversations. When a conversation turns from casual to crucial, we're usually not ready to handle it because you can't plan them usually. They sneak up on you and they're just, they're just there. Matthew 18 says this. Matthew 18 verse 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Ouch. Your wife, your spouse, your husband. Wow, we don't like to hear this verse, eh? Brethren, uh, go and tell your, your brother his fault uh, between you and him alone. Yeah? If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. That's the word of God, isn't it? That's a tough one to handle. Like, we just... just most of us want to avoid crucial conversations. I don't want to have to go there because we know what's going to happen. Emotions are going to take off. Things are going to explode. It goes on to say, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Have, have a godly counselor. Have someone who can actually help counsel through that situation. Then it goes on to say this. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the whole church. If he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. It's very quiet. You probably never heard a sermon like this in your life. Neither have I. This is going to be a first time. You know what scientists have discovered? That when, you're, when you uh, get into a crucial conversation, your brain gets drunk on adrenaline. Like it rushes to your brain, and that's why most of us are not ready to handle it. You can say you're a child of God, you're redeemed, you're born again, you're saved, you're walking in the grace and mercy of God, but when a crucial conversation happens, we're usually not ready for it. And I tell you what, by the grace of God, we can grow in this thing. Does anyone agree with that? And many times the outcome is not that good. Crucial conversation is the ability to talk openly, look at this, safely and honestly about high stakes, emotional and controversial issues. Whew. 
at the heart of almost every chronic problem in our relationships, our church, our team, and our organization is the ability to hold crucial conversations involving politically controversial, risky opinions without becoming defensive or angry. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, that we as believers can represent God so well on this planet. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, Everyone, come on, everyone, everyone say everyone, should be quick to listen. You get that like, quick. Everyone say quick. Like, quick to, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm the other way around. I'm slow to listen. You ask Desma. She'll verify that very clearly for you. I am slow to listen and slow to speak. Everyone say quick. Come on, flick, click your fingers. Quick. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Come on. Slow. Say it with me. Slow to speak and slow to anger. Come on, this is the word of God. I, I, I am convinced as I travel around our nation and I travel around the nations of the world and relate with my own family that we've all got to become better listeners. In crucial conversations, there's knowing how to stand up to the boss without committing career suicide. How many crucial conversations are you currently avoiding or having badly. So let me explain this to you. It's about the pool of meaning. And uh, when we have a conversation with anybody, we contribute to a pool that's between you of meaning. And when the conversation is casual and friendly and, uh, and the dialogue is happening, not monologue, dialogue is happening, everyone's contributing to the pool. Now, I've done a bit of research in the last few months since I started to become aware of these facts, and there's usually two ways that we go with this. In a crucial conversation, we normally go either silent or violent. Which one are you? So I'm not just going to answer me out loud. Just think about it. Most, most males that I've met and had this conversation with have a proclivity towards being silent. When a crucial conversation arises, we are, our default is to go silent. And when I say violent, it's a rather harsh word, but it just means verbally violent. It doesn't mean physically violent. And hopefully that's never a problem. And what I've learned is that neither are, are right, neither are correct. One's not better than the other. I thought for many years that being silent in a crucial conversation was being spiritual. Hello? But actually, what it is, I've learned that it's actually stonewalling. Men, we're not going to keep we're not going to keep stonewalling. We're not going to put up big walls with our spouses when we're in a crucial conversation. We're going to learn to stay in the conversation. Stay in the conversation. I want all the men to tap their face for me and say this with me. Stay in the conversation. Some of you guys didn't do it. Come on, come on, come on. All together. Ready? Stay in the conversation. One more time. Come on, men. Stay in the conversation. You see, you see, I'm not trying to teach you something that I'm really good at. In fact, it's also known that when you're learning something, if you teach it, you'll learn it better. Desmond's going, hallelujah. He's going to learn it better. 
I'm being very, very vulnerable with you this morning. Not, uh, we, we haven't arrived at this point where in this journey of learning this thing, 52 years of age, and for what, I start talking around the age of two, mum? Yeah, so for 50 years, I, I feel like I have not done crucial conversations well. But by the grace of God, I'm going to do it a whole lot better. How about you? Because we're aware of it. And man, I say to us, silent, being silent is not spiritual. Stay in the conversation somehow. Being nice, being kind, responding. Like sometimes, let's be honest, but it's hard to get more than a, even a grunt out of me. Is that right? Not even a, just a blank stare, blank look. Not even a, uh-huh. <laughs> Some of you wives know what we're talking about. We're speaking generally, of course. It's not the case for all people. But let's just quickly look at this and uh, wrap this up here this morning. So what, what we mean by silence is purposefully withholding meaning from the pool of dialogues as a mean of avoiding potential problems. Come on, guys. No more. Here's another form of silence. Masking. In other words, we're selectively understating. Oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. How many times have I done that, Desna? Selectively understating or withdrawing our opinions, sugarcoating or vouching or taking, talking about other issues. Oh. Another form of silence is avoiding, steering uh, completely away from the sensitive subjects we talk about without addressing the real issues. Yeah, we'd rather talk about the weather because it's not a real issue. Another form of silence is withdrawing, pulling out of the conversation altogether. We either exit the conversation or exit the room even. Wow. Like, excuse me, I have a phone call to make. <laughs> yes, or take. On the other hand, violence is this. Violence is any verbal strategy that attempts to convince, control, or compel others to your point of view. Come on, ladies, by the grace of God, we're not going to continue to be this way. Another form here, violence, it violates safety by trying to force meaning into the pool, trying to force dialogue into the pool. Another form of violence is methods, uh, name-calling, monologuing, making threats. It manifests like controlling or labeling or attacking. Ouch. Controlling is done by forcing your point of view or dominating the conversation. Anyone been in that kind of conversation? The methods of that are cutting others off, overstating the facts. You never, ever, 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 ever put the toilet seat down. Desmond doesn't say that to me, so it's okay. Overstating the facts, speaking in absolutes, changing subjects, using directive questions to get in the control of a conversation. Another form of controlling here consists of coercing others to your way of thinking. Then we use things like labeling. It's putting a label on people or an idea so that we can dismiss them under a general category. Oh, they're musicians. What else can we say? And don't need to say any more. That sums it up. Oh, he's a male. Yes. Attacking. That speaks for itself. It induces belittling or threatening. Which style are you under stress? The most difficult part of the whole process is monitoring your own behavior while carefully observing other people. And I, I was having this conversation with my father, David Einside, and, and Dad, you just really nailed it when you talked about 1 Corinthians 13. And Peter read it at the uh, wedding ceremony yesterday, because we need a reminder of this, don't we? Right here. 
Can we read it together? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provokes, and thinks no evil. Wow. Can you see the love of God really is the answer to our crucial conversations? It goes on to say this. Come on, let's read the rest of it. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Crucial conversations. We can do it better. We can grow. Can I, can I leave you with one more point? Number seven, we're talking about godly conversations. Maintain unity in the conversations. Maintain unity. And, and in our conversation last night, thank you, Pop. Thank you, Dad, for sharing that with me. Ephesians 4, and we're not going to go into as deep as what we had our conversation last night, but Dad just pointed this out. It says, keep unity in the Spirit in the bond of peace. Here's the interesting word that we we had a conversation about. The word keep. You can't keep something you don't already have. One translation says maintain unity. God's already given you unity. Come on, he's given you the spirit of unity with your spouse, with your children, with your family. Between churches, we've got INC and ACC and BCC. And it doesn't matter what CC, we are together with the spirit of unity. Keep unity in the Spirit. You've already got it. You don't even have to pray for it. God's already given you the Spirit of unity. Come on. Keep it. Maintain the Spirit of unity in the bond of peace. You can only keep something you already have. Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Godly conversations. Can we pray this morning? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're so patient with us that you you help us, Lord, on the journey of change and becoming more like you, and we're transformed daily into the image of Jesus. Father, I pray for every single one of us that hear your word today that we won't just say that's a nice thought that we'll embrace and walk in the truth of godly conversations. Let every conversation be edifying, uplifting, full of truth, full of kindness, full of compassion. Lord, teach us, let us grow up, let us, especially the men, Lord, let us grow up as men that know how to have crucial conversations with the love of God in right in the midst of it, Lord, with the love and the the genuine compassion of God being released. Help us, Lord, not to stonewall any longer. Help us, Lord, not to put up barriers between each other. But, Lord, let's learn to connect through godly conversations. Thank you, Father. I want, to, I want everyone to stay in this place. If you want to go to the bathroom, just cross your legs. Hold on a bit longer. Um, but if your spouse or friend is close to you, just grab a hold of them today. And, and uh, how many here today would like that prayer of agreement with you? 
you say, well, I want to grow in this thing, especially when it comes to crucial conversations. I, I need to grow in this area. Who's, who's like that today? Just slip it up. I would say majority of people. Like, if we're honest, I'd say majority of us. So have your hand raised just a bit, moment longer. Let's just agree in faith. Let's unite our faith around this right here, right here, right here. Father, we thank you that you're so kind to us that you'd allow us to have an opportunity to respond to your word. And today we, we receive the word. We receive the truth today. And Lord, I thank you that walls are coming down, barriers are coming down. Lord, we're learning to connect with each other on a way we never have before. I thank you, Lord, that marriages are growing stronger. Families are growing stronger. I thank you, Lord, relationships, Lord, between uh, bosses and work and, and school, wherever it might be. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that relationships are growing stronger. I release the presence and the power and the life and the love of God right now in the name of Jesus. We walk in it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for godly conversations hallelujah while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed i want to ask does anyone want to receive the lord as savior this morning you know it's really encouraging this morning to see four people give their hearts to christ in the first service if you're here and you want to commit your life to the lord slip your hand up so i can pray for you thank you i see that hand thank you you can put it down anyone else today that says i want to commit my heart to christ i want to know god so i can have the godly conversations Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. That's awesome. Any others here today? Slip it up. Point it out to me if I don't see them. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. If you say, I want to commit my life to Christ, I want to be born again, the Bible calls it. I want to be saved. I want to be in a relationship with God that's real. Slip it up just really quickly. Thank you, Father. There's three that have raised their hands so far this morning. I just want to invite you to come to the front and stand in a line here facing me. I want to pray with you in person. Would you do that? If you've got a friend, bring your friend with you. Uh, just come right now. Come on, those ones that have raised their hands. That's it. Look at this young man. Get on your mate. What's your name? Reese, how old are you? Ten. He's ten, giving his heart to the Lord today. Isn't that good? bless you. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. God bless you. Any others this morning want to join these ones? Give their hearts to Christ. This is a good thing, isn't it? Like this is the journey right here. Think about all the godly conversations they'll have for the rest of their life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can we pray with them together? I want you guys to pray with me. I'm going to talk to the Lord. And I want you, church, to pray with them and unite your faith with them today as they give their hearts to Christ. Would you say this after me? Say, Father God, I come to you. I give you my life. Thank you for calling me. Today, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me from all sin and to cleanse my heart. I make Jesus Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord for accepting me and today I know that I'm born again in the name of Jesus amen amen it's good it's good can I pray with you thank you father thank you Lord for your presence thank you for anointing on her life right now let her know deep in the, in the inside of her Lord she's accepted she's saved she's born again by the spirit of God thank you Lord let us be real. Such a real moment in Jesus' name. Father, let us know the acceptance and the favor and the love and the life of God right now. In the name of Jesus, you're accepted just as you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Fill her with your power. Fill her with your life. Fill her with your joy. Lord, restore her joy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Reese. It's Reese, isn't it? Thank you, Lord, for Reese. Lord, let him know this moment that he's born again. Let it be such a reality in his life that he'll serve you for the rest of his life, all the days of his life. He'll serve you, Father. We just honor you for what you're doing in his life today, Lord. Let him know he's born again by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Someone will share with you guys after the service or now. Yeah. Come this way and uh, we'll make sure that you guys get connected. Someone praise the Lord this morning for people giving their hearts to the Lord. I've got, uh, can I, as I hand to Pastor Peter this morning, can I give away a CD? Since we're here last time, we've got a, a brand new album called Worship Encounter 3. <laughs> Have we still got audio there? Let me find it here. Here we go. Anyone enjoy the harp in worship? So it's actually album number 47, and uh, my mother, you like it, she's, she's sold more of these albums than what we have. So who would like a free copy this morning? Who can I give it to you? Gentlemen, right through there. Can you pass it through? Right there. Yes, awesome. Yeah, and uh, those that might have children or grandchildren that are learning to play the piano, there's a great Christmas gift, how to play the piano and keyboard in worship. So seven lessons on, from the classical lessons that mother sent me to, then how to play that in church, how to worship the Lord in church. And uh, it's a great gift there. Thank you, Pastor Peter, for the privilege of being here today. God bless you. Thanks, Andrew. That was, that was a great word. And, uh, and there's, there's not a lot of uh, pastors and preachers that will be game to preach a word. That, that all the time but we it's a word it's a word of God and we need to hear it and I thank you for doing that this morning and and for being so vulnerable with your own life and being honest and that because who who got something out of that who spoke to the I know we all did lots of hands so one thing we love to do is we love to uh you know when people come to bless and we want to take an offering for Andrew and his ministry and and for Desma and and their whole ministry they travel all over the place all over the world and different countries and around our uh, nation and and you know we've believe and when we found that when you sow into someone's ministry that you're you become a part of that and you when you sow into it there's a blessing that flows out of that and so we want to give everyone an opportunity this morning we're going to take an offering uh, there's no pressure to give or anything like that, but it's a free uh well offering just to bless it all goes to andrew's ministry and to everything he's doing and we're just going to believe that god you'll see many people saved and lives transformed and and healed and set free and god will continue to bless your lives and and family and everything he's doing so bless you and thank you we're going to take that up and uh while we do that we're going to uh, finish off with a bit of praise a bit of a song and then you can go out and catch up with everyone else so bless you as you give and uh let's uh have a bit of fun stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by bayside christian church